discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Well, you are all welcome. Tonight, I want to share a few things with you that I believe will help you. I'm sharing on a very important subject. You know, I, I believe in, um, in the fact that you don't want to be played with. Okay? There are preachers who play with God's children. Okay? But I, I believe that we shouldn't do that to God's children. I should give you what God wants you to have that will help you to love God more and to fulfill your life's purpose. Because life is too important to waste. We don't have three lives. Thank you. It's good to see you. We don't have three lives. We have only one life. And it's important how we live it. Very, very important. So, I came all the way from Accra to come and share something that I believe will help you. So, I'm sharing on understanding the love of the Father. Understanding the love of the Father. Say, understanding the love of the Father. This is a very, 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 very powerful um, concept released or revealed to us in the scriptures. I'll not take too much of the time, so I'll just run you through um, what I'm going to share with you, okay? Now, if, you read the, if you read the Bible, you see three levels of God's love. You see three levels of God's love. The first level is God's love for all of human beings. God has a special love for all, all people. Man is the treasured inheritance of God. God does not joke with human beings at all. So you shouldn't joke with people. You shouldn't treat people like nothing. Because God doesn't joke with human beings. Religion notwithstanding, God loves people. Okay? There was a day two of Jesus' disciples were recommending to call fire to burn a particular city because they had not received Jesus' ministry. And Jesus said, they, 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 it was um, the two brothers, the sons of Zebedee, and James and John, they were called sons of thunder. Yes, they were heja heja. So they wanted to call down fire to burn a city that had refused. It was Samaria, actually. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and he was going to pass through Samaria, Samaria, but he couldn't get to Jerusalem in one night. So he wanted to spend the night there and then continue the following day. Now, when the Samaritans realized that he was not going to 
do any crusade, any meeting there. They decided that they weren't going to give him a place to sleep. If you are not going to do anything here, they will not give you a place to sleep. And one man, during that journey, one man uh, asked Jesus to follow him. And Jesus said, foxes have holes, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus didn't say he didn't have a place to lay his head for the rest of his life. He was talking with respect to what was happening at that time. Read your Bible very carefully, you see it. Okay, so it was in reference to what was happening at that time. Luke chapter 9, you can see it. And Jesus said unto him, foxes have holes, and bears of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. Okay, then uh, the sons of Zebedee said, Master, do you want us to call down fire to burn Samaria? (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Just like Elijah did. You know, Elijah sat on a hill and different sets of soldiers would come and you would say, if I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you. And every, every time he said that, fire came and consumed the people. In one day, he killed about 50 people, uh, 200 people. So they asked Jesus, do you want us to also do that? Then Jesus said that, listen, so you see the same place. You see it's Luke chapter 9, the same place, right? So Jesus told them that you do not know what spirit, okay, you are off. Eh? But he turned and rebuked them. He rebuked them sharply. He got very angry at them. What do you mean? He rebuked them sharply and said, you know not what manner of spirit you are off. You don't know the manner of spirit you are off. The son of man has not come into the world to destroy men's lives like this. For the Son of Man is not coming to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. The Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives. So men's lives are very precious to God. Human lives are very, very precious to God. When you hear people are dying, you know, all over the place, in Palestine, Israel, if you move, you have to do something to you. It is the highest of God's love. The highest of the expression of God's love is towards people. And if you say you are growing in the Lord, you must have a love, a special love, the same as God has for people. So men of God who are into bringing salvation to the masses are closest to God. Yes, they are very close to God. It's not those who are into bringing big revelation. No, it's, it's those who are interested in the, in the lives of human beings, human life. So God has a special love for them, for people. He doesn't joke with people at all. So in John 3, 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world. Not the world of stars and lakes and uh, seas and timbers and trees and all of that, but a world full of people. The world is what it says because of people. So for God so loved the world full of people that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. God loves people. Tell me about God loves people. people. Never treat people like nothing. Especially when they are dirty. When it looks as though they are nothing and you can't get anything. Treat them well. Don't rebuke people by the people who are begging by the roadside. They were also born into this world. And God has some love for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you won't give them anything, don't insult them. Don't say, you are not doing anything with your life. Don't worry. You don't know why he or she is in that particular condition. Pray for the person. 
So that's the first level of God's love. Very special. God has special love for people. Special love for people. Okay? Special love for people. And special love for sinners. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, while we were wronged, while we were not correct. Eh? Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Who's one thing here? But God commended his love towards us. In that while we were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. But God commended his love towards us. God demonstrates his love towards us, towards humanity. In that while we were yet sinners, while we were wrong, not correct, Christ died. Jesus died when human beings were not correct, when we were of no use to him. Read, let's read the Amplified uh, um, or um, message. I think the message has a very nice opinion. Message version, you have it. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. We were of no use whatever to him. Yeah. So the one you feel is dirtiest and is nothing is the one that God likes. He's the one Jesus came for. Yes. If you see a shatter boy, a weed smoker, cocaine dealer, whatever, he's the one Jesus is interested in. Don't join the churches or the church that is into rejecting human beings. Yeah. People say all kinds of things. Churches that gossip about people. You see this man, he's a very wicked man. The wicked man is the one Jesus came to die for. The blood of Jesus is for that man. Yes. So change your perspective. Okay? Change the way you look at things. Very important. Or else you can't you can't grow as you're supposed to. You can't grow as you're supposed to. Very important. And it's my prayer that your love for people will increase. It's one of it's one of my my uh, greatest um, endeavors or aims. To love people. If you love people, you will kneel down and pray for them. When you hear someone has died, you ask yourself, was he born again? You don't say, ah, that man, hmm, you don't say that. You think differently. I pray that for that grace for all of us. Yeah, that's the first level of God's love. The second level of God's love is his love for his children. So he has a special love for his children. Are you born again? If you are born again, God has special love for you. And it is different from the love that he has for the world. So 1 John chapter 3 verse 1, he says that, Behold, what manner of love? He wants you to see it. So he uses the word behold. It's a prophetic word. See with the eyes of the Spirit. See it. Acknowledge it. Be conscious of it. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed, has so lavished on us, that we should be called the sons of God. That we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. You see, outwardly we all look the same. We look like every other person out there. But we are different. Jesus didn't look different from any other. He was tired. He, he had to use the loo. He had to do everything. He had to eat. He was thirsty. He had to do everything every other person did. So it was not easily seen that he was the son of God. But he was in reality. Same with us. We look ordinary. We look like. Not much. You don't look much. But you are, you are the one that God has chosen as his child. Yeah. He says, behold, what manner of love? What manner? It's a certain manner. It's different. Yeah. It's different. It's special. Special love. Are you born again? Yeah. Ask your neighbor, are you born again? 
if you are born again, God has special. Don't be afraid of your neighbor. Ask your neighbor, are you born again? Yeah. Behold what man of love the Father has so lavishly lavished upon us that we should be called the sons of God. We should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Next verse. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. And he has special love for us. And that's what I want to major on today. Okay, okay, so I'm going to be talking about this second one. But let me show you the third one. So I won't talk too much about it because that's what I'm going to talk about. Okay? But the third level of God's love is his love for those of his children who reciprocate his love. Or his children who love him. He has, God has children who don't love him. Plenty. They are all over the place. He has children who do not return his love to him. But those who return his love to him are loved on another scale altogether. So he has love for all his children, but those who are interested in what he is interested in and love what he loves have a special relationship with him. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, for good to them that are called according to purpose, according to his purpose. So when you love God, okay, he says all things work together for your good. He will move heaven and earth because of you. Yes, he will move heaven and earth because of you. It's just like, it's, it's like any other family. Those who are closest to their father and are, are interested in what their father is interested in end up bonding with their father or their mother. Is it true? If you're a child and you don't like your father, there are children who don't like their father. If you don't like your father, you die early. I tell you, listen, fathers commit errors. It's part of father's life. It's part of mother's life. They are, they are meant to commit errors because nobody teaches anybody parenting. There's no school for parenting. So they must be allowed to make their mistakes. Maybe they made a mistake with you. Maybe he didn't take care of you. Maybe he didn't do something for you. It doesn't mean you should suspect him. Do you understand? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 says that children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. That's this. It is right. Hmm? It is what? It is right. This is right. It is the right thing to do. He didn't say, should obey your parents in the Lord when they are correct, when they do what you want them to do. And when they take care of you, just obey them. Just honor them. Look at the next verse. Honor thy father and mother. Which is the first commandment with promise. What is the promise? That it may be well with you. That's the next verse. That it may be well with you. So there are a lot of children who are not prospering. This is prosperity. You want to know prosperity? This is it. That it may be well with you. Yes. It may be well with you. So don't, don't misbehave with them. Never carry a cutlass and chase your father. Not, not in your life. Let someone else can do it, but not you. You will die. Someone did that in a car and died after two weeks. Yes, so I was arguing with his father. What do you think you are? I took a cutlass. I was chasing the father. The father was running. You shouldn't let your father run. Your father must not run. Because of you. <laughs> Two weeks later, a tipper truck knocked him, 18-wheeler, just knocked him like that. Just for him. 
you know the kind of accidents that we can't collect you. And you have to be collected with that pan or something. And thou mayest live long on the earth. How many of you want to live long? You want to pass 90? Obey your parents. Honor them. Hmm? This just, it's not part of my message. It just came to, 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 into the thing. It just passed into honor them. How do you honor somebody? Respect the person, give to the person. Hmm? Don't say, my father has money, give to him. Don't say, my mother has money, give to her. Hmm? Buy uh, uh, bags of rice, just go and put it in the kitchen. It's important, pay the, pay the electricity bill when you, when you are able to. Do you understand? Yeah. My father passed on about four years ago. My father blessed me. Yeah. If I'm prospering, don't think it's just because of giving and receiving. There are other means to obey, like honoring. Yes. Yeah. It's important. The last transaction I had with my father was blessing. I gave him money and he started blessing me. I had sorted out some things for his medical bills. And after I was going, he called me back and said, Ah, why why are you going? I said, Oh, said we are done. He said, oh, you have just thought about I need something for myself so I can become strong. I said, oh, daddy, no problem. I went to the car, got something, and put it in his pocket. He said, ah, now I'm strong. Come and let me bless you. Yeah. Spoke into my life. Bless me. You never lacked. Well, two weeks later, he died. That was the last time I saw him alive. Yeah. So if you behave like they are nothing, my father had plenty of problems. Just like any other father. When you are grown, you understand what it means to be a man. Do you understand? You may criticize your father, but as you grow, you realize that, hey, your father has even done well. Yes, you realize your father has done well. You think it's easy to stay with one woman? Hey! <laughs> it's not a joke. You need special grace from the Lord. All the boys, all the guys receive special grace to stay with one woman. Jesus name. It's your portion. Hey! All the ladies receive special grace to, to be able to hold on to your husband. Receive special grace. Do you like such things? So God has special love for all his children who return his love. All those who are interested in what he's interested in end up bonding well with him. We know that all things work together for good to them who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But that is written. I have not seen, neither has he heard, neither has he entered into the heart of man. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. Not for those he loves, for them that love him. For them that love him. You love him, your life is different. They're interested in loving him means being interested in what he's interested in. Yes. God is interested, interested in people. If you are also interested in people, you're on the same level. You understand each other. You talk on a more frequent basis. Even a gesture back from the Lord means something for you. It means so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So these are the three levels of God's love. Okay? Did you, do you remember? The first one is what? God loves, God's love for all, for all men. Number two is God. God's love for his children. Number three is God. God's love for his children who love him. Hallelujah. There's a scripture in um, um, 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 9. Uh, um, yes, yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 
5. Let's read it in the Amplified. Second Corinthians 9, 5. Go to verse 6. But then I say, he who soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he who soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. For God loveth for every man according to his purpose. Let purpose himself, so let him give. Not gradually of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Have you seen it? It is God loves a cheerful word giver. Now let's read the amplified of this verse. So God has a special love for those who give cheerfully to what He is interested in. This had to do with what He was going, what He was interested. He was interested in helping some people, and here the church was being admonished to help do something good for those people. Did you understand? So look at it. it says, "Let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully, or under compulsion. For God loves; He takes pleasure in." You might say, God takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. All those who are who give joyfully, God is on he's unwilling to do without, unwilling to abandon. Like whatever project God wants to do, he will come back to you. He will always come back to you. He's unwilling to abandon. He will always come back to you. Wow. Do you love God? Yeah. Give to his cause. Hmm? Yes. Have your money directed towards the building of the church. You'll be surprised at what will happen to you. Your life will be different. Okay. So, we are taking the, the love number two, which is God's love for his children. God has special love for you and I. He doesn't joke with you at all. And your faith in God's love for you is what will put you over in life. So I want to help you understand God's love, the intensity of God's love for you. A lot of Christians are facing difficulty and are worried and are, are condemned and are anxious and are depressed and don't do well and feel condemned because they don't understand the love that God has had in their case. You don't understand the love that God has for them. If you understood the love that God had for you, it will change your life forever. And that's what I'm seeking to do tonight. To help you have a certain kind of understanding about this love of God. Okay? Can I continue? Okay. So, if you read in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, famous scripture, it says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ Whoa. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, relax, okay? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and what? And the sweet fellowship, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Be with you all. Amen. King James. The grace, say the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. This month is a month of grace, isn't it? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, then he says, the love of God. Not our love for God, but the love of God. The love that God has for you. Be with you now and forever and ever. The love of God be with you. It's something that we need to understand. We need to understand it. It's very important. Very, very important. Very, very important.
In Ephesians chapter 3, from verse 14, look at Ephesians 3, 14. The Bible said something very nice. Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus. They call it, we call it the prayers of the Spirit. And he prays with a certain heart for all of us to, to have something very, very important for us to understand. He says, for this cause I bow my knees unto the, the, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Then he says, I pray that he, that God, will grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might. Hallelujah. By his spirit in the inner man, he wants you to receive inward strength, spiritual strength. Spiritual strength ends up influencing your mental strength and ends up influencing your physical strength. It's very important you are strengthened spiritually. There are things you do to strengthen yourself spiritually. Praying in tongues is one of them. You build yourself. Edification. As you speak in tongues, you are edified. The one who speaks in another tongue edifies himself or builds himself up. He builds himself up strong. Hallelujah. That he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with mind by his spirit in the inner man. Next verse. Then it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye, being rooted and grounded in love, he wants you to be rooted. The word rooted is agricultural, isn't it? In, in Christianity, there are two terms that reign. Agricultural and then architectural. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, we are described, it says, for we are working together with God. We are God's husbandry, we are God's building. So the church is referred to as God's husbandry or God's farm. We are all plantings of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, we are all plantings of the Lord. Jesus called himself the, the vine, said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. So that is um, agricultural, isn't it? Yeah, he uses a lot of that term to describe what kind of life we have. The life that runs through the vine is the same life that runs through the branches. If another life runs through the branches, it cannot work. So the fact that he's a vine and we are the branches makes us know that the same life that he has is the same life that we have. Meaning that our fruitfulness is dependent on our being in Him. Because we are in Him, we cannot but be fruitful. Are you there, Yeah. Yeah. So my fruitfulness is because of Him. Not because of my connections to other people or to other things, to certain things. To the kind of place I work or whatever. No, my fruitfulness is because of where I am, where I am located. I am located in that vine. That can never fail. Hello? Yeah. So he wants you to go deeper. Like ask the planting of the Lord. Eh? Second Corinthians, First Corinthians 3 9 says, For we are laborers together with God. We are God's husbandry. Okay, husbandry, no, maybe you don't understand. Let's read amplify. Let's read amplify so you can understand it well. Okay. For we are fellow workmen. Paul was talking to the Corinthian church. And he says, We, he was talking about himself and Apollos. He says, We, the preachers, are God's fellow workmen. Joint promoters, laborers together with and for God. Then he says, and you, the church, you the members of the church, are God's garden and vineyard under cultivation and field under cultivation. And he says, you are God's building. So you are, you are a building. You, your life is described as a building and it's also described as a tree or as a vineyard or as a garden. Do you understand now, for a garden to flourish, for the seedlings or for the, the plants in the garden to be established, they need to 
go deeper. Their roots need to go deeper into the ground. Is it true? If the roots, the deeper the roots go, the more fruitful the tree becomes. A tree that does not have good grounding or does not have good roots will never grow as it's supposed to. A tree that keeps being transplanted will never grow. If you read Psalm 92, verse 12, look at Psalm 92, verse 12. Do you like what I'm sharing with you? I have so many things. I don't know if you, are, you, are, you have yes enough to listen to what I have. I have plenty of things. I've, I've just done just. I've not even finished my introduction. So much. Look at this. this the righteous shall flourish like what? They shall flourish like the palm tree. He, consists, he, he compares us to a palm tree. They shall flourish like the palm tree. Palm tree is used, every aspect of the palm tree is used. There's no part of the palm tree that is not useful. Even the parasites on the palm tree is used uh, as food. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The cedar of Lebanon is the strongest tree you can think about. It's like a rock. You can nail through it. Very strong. Hallelujah. Then he says, next verse. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the cost of our God. So your flourishing is dependent on your planting. If you are not planted in the house of the Lord, you will not flourish as you're supposed to. Yeah. So you, your roots must run deeper. But what must your roots run deeper in? Should your roots run deeper in faith? Or in, in giving? Or in the Holy Ghost? Or in praying in tongues? How, what does he want you to be rooted in? What is the field or the soil in which he wants you to get deeper into? What to bring your life nutrients and fruitfulness? He calls it love. He says love. What love? The love that the Father has for you. you he says, I want you, I want you to go deeper, being rooted and grounded. The building, the, you see, the deeper we dig. If you are going to build a building here, and you see them digging a trench, a normal trench, you know that they are going to build just a normal flat house, two-bedroom house. If you notice that they are digging and digging and digging, they are buildings that go eight floors down. They have to dig deep to be able to start the building from down, 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 down. down. These skyscrapers that go 170, they have many floors down. Without that, you can't go high. You must go deeper. So the more grounded you are, the higher you go. He says that you're flourishing as a child of God and your development as a child of God and your prosperity as a child of God and your ability to go forward as a child of God is dependent on your being rooted and being grounded in something called love. What love? The love that the Father has for you. Your consciousness of the love that the Father has for you. It's so important if you don't think that God loves you. You let something that you did wrong rule your life forever. Whenever you lift your hands to pray, the devil will say, ah. Ah. See who is lifting the handle. But if you know that Jesus loved you and died for you, if you know that you were the only one, if you were the only one here on earth, Jesus would still have come to come and die for you. If you were the only one, yes, he would have come. For you. That is how much he has loved you. You are not ordinary, brothers and sisters. God does not joke with you at all. At all. It is rooted, being rooted and grounded in love. Next verse. Look at the next verse. It's so nice. You like it. 
that you may be able to comprehend with all things. He says he wants you to be able to understand together with all things. That's what I'm teaching all of you. He wants all of you to understand and have a clarity concerning this particular thing. May be able to comprehend with all things what is the breadth and length and depth and height. The, the love of God has breadth. It has depth. It has height. It has length. The love that God has had for you has various dimensions. It's called the dimensions of love. I'll explain it to you. Next, verse 19. Then it says, And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. To know the love of Christ which passes normal knowledge. This word knowledge there is ginosko. It's called it's a revelation knowledge. To have revelation knowledge concerning the love of Christ. The, love, the intensity of his love for you. Brother, sister, he doesn't joke with you at all. You are too precious to him. You are too precious to him. Too precious. Now, then he says, as you know this, you might be filled with, the, with, the, with all the fullness of God. The word to being filled with all the fullness of God. If a man can be filled with all the fullness of God. Yeah, Paul, Paul said it. He mentioned that a human being, you and I, can be filled with all the, the word filled there is pleru, to be filled to the brim of all the presence and all the substance of God as a human being. And the way to arrive at that is to have understanding concerning the love. So this topic is very important. You must know how much he loves you. Let me show you. Go, go back, go to uh, verse 18 into 19, but this time I'll let you read it in the Amplified, okay? The Amplified will bring it out some more. It says that you, you may have the power and be strong to comprehend and grasp with all things, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? Have you seen it? Of the love of God, right? So that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself. He wants you to know practically through experience for yourself. The love of Christ. What is the love of Christ? The love of Christ is what he, what he saw in you that made him die for you. Yes, what did he see? Sometimes we don't see it in ourselves, but he saw it. In Galatians 2, verse 20, Paul said, As for me, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Then he says, And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He says, This is how I'm living now. I'm living based on the faith he had when he saw me, and hence loved me and gave himself for me. When he looked at you, he saw himself. He knew that he could do more through you. He knew that he, he, you, are, you will be his outstretched arm to this world. He knew that through you he could do greater works. In John chapter 14, verse 10, Jesus told them, Greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. Isn't it? Believe that I'm not, that I'm in the Father and the Father in me. The words I speak unto you, I speak not myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. Go to the soul. Sorry, the soul. Revelation unto you. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Now, was Jesus saying that you will do more than he did? He was not talking about the word uh, greater works. Okay? The word greater is not greater in terms of quality, it's greater in terms of quantity. So what he was saying was that you will do what he did, you will do what he did, you will do what he did. You. Because initially it was just him, only one person doing. Opening blind eyes, healing the sick, raising the dead. But he says, when I die and I rise from the dead, I'll be in you. 
and you will be able to do what I was doing. You will do so many. This one too, I'll be in this one. And I'll be in this one. And I'll be in this one. And I'll be in this one. I'll be in this one. I'll be in this one. You will all be doing what I did. So the quantity of my works will increase all around us. He saw that you could do it. And so he gave himself for you. He shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days. When he saw you, he knew that he could prolong his days through you. He could prolong his works through you. So he gave himself. He wasn't afraid of dying because he knew that when he dies, except a corn of grain, a grain of corn falls to the ground and dies. It abides alone. It's only, it's only him. But when he dies, it bringeth forth much fruit. He knew that we will be his much fruit and we will do his many works in many places all around the world. Wow. Believe in his love for you, brother. Believe in his love for you, sister. He doesn't joke with you at all. He loves you with a passion. Don't let circumstances take you, or, take you away and make you feel like you're nothing. Yeah. So go back to that place in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. We're in verse 19 now, right? Amplified. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. I'll never fail in my life. No, somebody, somebody believes in me. More than I believe in myself. <laughs> somebody believes in me more than I believe in myself. Somebody thinks I am something. And that I can become something. Why should I let some things around me make me doubt what that person believes in me? He, believes, he believed in me so much that he died. I'll show it to you. He says, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself. The love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through all your being. It's coming to this experiential knowledge of Jesus' love for you. Will bring you into being filled, okay? Through all your being, unto all the fullness of God. May have the richest measure of the divine presence. Charlie, you can have the richest measure of God's divine presence. It's, 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 a, it's a reality. It's something God wants for you. And become a body. A body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. Wholly filled and flooded with God. Like as you are moving around, it's like God is the one moving around. A mere look can heal somebody. An embrace can get someone born again. Yeah. He says the means to the means to having that happen in your life is having a practical experience of the love of God. Practical experience of the love of God. Practical. Practical. Look at Jude. Jude 1, verse 20. He wants you to keep yourself in the love of God that he has for you. Okay? And always remember. Always remember that God loves me. I'm special. I'm very important to him. Because of me, he shed his blood. He took blood. For you, it took the blood of God, not the blood of goats and sheep, not the blood of your neighbor. <laughs> it took God's blood for you to be purchased. If you go to the market and you're going to buy a dress and you see a price tag on it, they say it's 100 cities. They are letting you know the value of the dress. The price tag on you and your life is the blood of Jesus. You believe it. You see? Your success, listen, your success as a Christian is in believing this particular thing that I'm telling you. That is, that, that is it. Your success as a child of God, your flourishing as a child of God, 
your safety. You will not fall into depression, guilt, condemnation, fear, worry, anxiety. Okay? You'll be in confidence, strength, power, if you believe in God's love for you. Look at First John chapter. I said you should come to Jude one thing, but let's go to First John chapter chapter four, verse sixteen. Look at First John four sixteen. This is John. Now remember, John. This John. Okay, it's not this is not John the Baptist. This John was called John the Divine because they were telling all the apostles. But he couldn't die. They behead him. It doesn't work. All the axes, they, they, they strike his head with his neck with bricks. They use every means. They hang him. He doesn't die. They boiled him in hot oil. The, all, the hot, all the oil evaporated and he was still alive. They bent him at the stake. Nothing happened. They did so many things to him, he didn't die. So they called him John the Divine. He just couldn't die. So they left him on an island to die. They took him to the island where uh, wild thieves, wild criminals were kept. The island of Patmos. When he got there, he said, everybody gave their lives to Christ. He became a very nice church over there. He's the only apostle who died a natural death. Everybody died by a, a form, a martyr's death. But he died a natural death. Why? Because this apostle, he believed in the love of Jesus Christ for him. He is the one who called he called himself. He said, he said, I am the one that Jesus loves. He didn't say I'm the one who loves Jesus. He said, I am the one whom Jesus loves. He believed in the love of Jesus for him so much that it affected his life. And he wrote about this. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. We have known it and we have believed it. Brother, you must believe it. That is what will put you over. If you don't believe in the love of God, you'll be depressed. Life will beat you. Circumstances will beat you and you complain and blame God. He knew. He called himself the apostle, the one whom Jesus. So many times you can take it in the book of John. The one whom Jesus loved. John chapter 20, he says, John chapter 21, he says, the one whom Jesus loved. And everybody knew that he's the one that Jesus loved. You see, Jesus Jesus never said, This is the one I love. He never said that. But he believed. Jesus had equal love for all of them. But he believed. He knew and believed it that this is really. Love of God. God has special love for me. He believed it. So he changed his life. He was different. There was a day they were all at supper. Jesus' last supper. And Jesus was talking about his death. And, they were, and he said that one of them is going to betray him. And they wanted to find out who it was. Peter was sitting by Jesus. He asked John, who was sitting on the other side, that, ask him who is going to betray him. <laughs> ask him who is going to betray him. Because if it, John had his head on Jesus' bosom, hey, he didn't joke with the love of the Lord. Though. He knew that the Lord had special love for him. Yeah, special love. He knew he could jump on God's bed and not have a problem. He knew he could enter God's fridge and nothing would happen. Yeah. He knew he could, enter, he, could, he could have provision. He didn't think about what he would eat, what he would wear. Yeah. It's all over. He then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? Eh? Did, did he say the one that Jesus loved? Yeah. Show us some. Maybe they think the preacher is lying. 
Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of the disciples whom Jesus loved. Whom Jesus loved. He wrote it all. <laughs> he wrote it and said, the one whom Jesus loved. He believed in Jesus' love for him. Because we have known and believed in the love that God has for us. I have known it and I have believed it. Brothers and sisters, you must know it and you must believe it. Strongly that God loves you. God loves you with a passion. God loves me with a passion. God loves me with a passion. I am not ordinary. I am the one he loves. I am the one he loves. You must believe it. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead and showed himself to Mary Magdalene and Mary came to come and tell them, the disciples, about it. John and Peter ran to the tomb to go and check it out for themselves. As they were running, Peter started running first. Went very fast. But as he was going, he started slowing down. And John came to pass him. John overtook him. Now, the word of God does not write all the things they write for nothing. Every jot has a meaning. When Peter was going, Peter was, initially he was interested in seeing what had happened. But then he started thinking as he was going, see, if the Lord has risen from the dead, what will he say about me? I'm the one who denied him. Three times. I looked at his face and I said that I know him not. I swore and said, I swear my father can't tell I do not know this man. So as you are, Peter was running initially, but then guilty feet, his, his feet became guilty. He became guilty in his mind. And it, start, it, it affected his feet. He couldn't run. He started slowing down. Maybe when he sees me, he will query me. Because I denied him three times. Maybe you will say, I'm not part of him. Do you know what Jesus said to Mary when he was sending her to the disciples? He said, go, I send you to my brethren and to Peter. He said to Peter that I, I ascend to my father and to their father. He mentioned Peter, said, just to let Peter know that I have forgiven you for whatever you did. Whatever you did, I have forgiven you. So there's nothing you can do that the Lord will hold against you, like you, you this boy. You see what you did? Yeah, judgment is coming on you, you see. Listen, you eh, you, you are too special to God. Too special. Don't let anything miss. You see, some, people, some people don't go to church because of guilt. Something they did. You did an abortion. You killed somebody. Yeah, there are people who have killed people. Yeah. By mistake. Sometimes intentionally. Yeah. God, can you imagine God so loves you? Can you imagine? Don't let your guilt eject you out of the kingdom of God and say that I've sold my soul to the devil. Because of what I did, I'm finished. It's finished. No, there's nothing like that. Nothing like that. God loves you. If you believe in it, to change your life forever. To change your life forever. So this John said, listen, we have known and believed in the love that God has had in our case. I have known it and I have believed it. I'll come back to this. Okay? He says, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. He's a very definition. He, he, God is not a lover. God is the definition of love. He's the very embodiment of love. Unconditional agape love. Unconditional. Unconditional. <laughs> and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. And God in him. The one who lives in love lives in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's look at Jude 120. Can I show you some more? How many of you are interested in me showing you some more? Beautiful. Jude 120. 
It says, But ye, brethren, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Then it says, Keep yourselves in the love of God. That's verse 21. Keep yourself in the love of God. He didn't say, Keep yourself in your love for God. Keep yourself in the love that God has for you. Eh? Keep yourself in the love that God has for you. God has special love. He wants you to keep yourself in it. The word keep there has this Greek word. The Greek word is perio. And it means to carefully guard. Okay? Carefully guard hmm, from loss or injury. Carefully guard yourself from what? Carefully guard yourself from loss. Loss of what? Loss of your inheritance. And injury from the guilt and condemnations of this world. I see it. Carefully, says, keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself. Guard yourself in your inheritance. Without the love, your consciousness of the love of God, you lose all your inheritance as a child of God. You will not benefit from anything. Because, you see, you feel that God, you, you should not prosper because of something you did. And the devil always uses that as a, as a means against you. You did something. You can go for 20 years and it's still on your conscience. The devil will remind you. He's a master reminder. Yeah. He's called the accuser of the brethren. He's a liar. Yeah. Keep accusing you. You did this. You did that. God does not care about you. Look at the things that are happening around you. It's all a show that God does not care about you. Have you realized that you are not a good person? He will even send a prophet to you to let you know. Because of something. I'm seeing something in your life. I'm seeing something in your life. Listen. <laughs> because of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But the one who knows that he has been forgiven. Jesus said the one who knows he has been forgiven much, loveth much. If you know you have been forgiven much, you will love much. Your love for him will increase if you know his love for you. Eh? 1 John 4, 19, he says, we love him because he first loved us. If you don't know he first loved you, you will not love him. Yeah, you will not love him. You have difficulty. We have known and believed in the love that God has had in our case. Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in that area. You know, the word keep is, is a locative case. What it means is that it, it shows you that keep yourself in this particular location. It's like if there's a, the whole place is flooding, okay, and this is the safe haven, and they say come here for shelter, you must keep yourself in that place. Because if you go out, you'll drown. Keep yourself in this place. If you go out of this thing, you'll drown. That's what it's saying. Keep yourself in the love of God. In the, in the love that God has for you, for your kids. Now, what is this love? There are dimensions, four dimensions of God's love. I read it to you in Ephesians chapter, chapter 3, isn't it? Verse 18. Hmm? Ephesians 3, 18. Let me go back to that place. You love it. Let me explain it to you so that you know what to think about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. Go to 17. Ah, it's fine. Okay, it's fine. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all things what is the breath and length and depth and height of God's love. So there's the breath of God's love. Now what is the breath of God's love? It shows you the, the span. Okay? 
of the love that God has for you. It's written in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. Look at Jeremiah 31, verse 3. It shows you the expanse of God's love for you. Charlie, you are special, oh. I tell you, if you believe in the love of God. How your life will be. That's what, that's what, you must understand it. You have to understand it. That's what I'm preaching to you. Yes. We are called love economy. So God gave me special insight into the love of God. And it has kept me and kept all that we do. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. The power of God's love. The intensity of his love for you. Look at this. The, the Lord has appeared of old time unto me. Of old unto me. See, yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. I have loved you with what? Everlasting love. Before the foundations of the earth. He loved you. He saw you and loved you. Before everything started, he saw you, loved you, chose you, and put you in the beloved. You are, the, you are accepted in the covenant of the beloved of God. Listen, God, that's no joke with you. That is the breath of God's love. It is everlasting. It is from eternity past to eternity future. There's nothing that can be done about it. There's nothing that anybody can do about it. Everlasting. I have loved you with an everlasting love. With loving kindness have I drawn you. Everlasting. Say everlasting. That's the breath of God's love. When you think about Jesus, when you think about God and his love for you. Excess love. Too much love. Overpopulated love. He's talking about the extent from eternity past to Charlie. Look at Ephesians chapter one. It's so there are too many scriptures I can show you. If all you are interested, Ephesians chapter one. Look at from verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the earth. He chose us in Him before the foundation of the, the word foundation is catabole. It means before the even before the overthrow. Hmm? Before the overthrow of, of, of Satan, before Satan revolted, the Lord loved you. The, the reason why Lucifer did what he did was because he knew God's plan about you. He knew that another group was coming that would have them served. Angels were going to serve us. He didn't, he didn't know that angels were going, were going to serve us. And he found out. God was having a discussion and said, oh, actually, I created all of you because of man. Man is coming on the scene, and all of you have this one purpose, to serve man. And Lucifer said, what? We cannot serve man. We will vote against you. And then he did what he did. That's what he's talking about, actually. Yeah. If you read in Hebrews chapter 1, you see, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4. He says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister? And that's verse 14, rather, sorry. Verse 14, Hebrews 1, 14. He was talking about the angels. He says, are they not all ministering spirits? Let's read Amplified. Maybe they'll think it's not angels. Are not the angels all ministering spirits servants sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation? He's talking about us. This is, this is the purpose of angels. They are sent for, to, for our assistance. 
Lucifer said, I'm here to assist. I will not do it. The guy bought. God chose us before the foundation of the earth. Yeah, that's the extent of his life. Before everything started, he saw you in the womb of eternity and chose you. Why should you allow circumstances around you to make you doubt his love for you? And make you think that he's not good, he's not good for you. He's not good to you. No, 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 no. Don't let it. He chose you before the foundation of the earth. Yeah. According as he has chosen you. Go back to that place. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's go now. According as he has chosen us before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself. This is powerful, but not today. According to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 6. Then he says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. He has made us accepted in the beloved. We are accepted in the coven of the beloved. We are accepted in that place. He says, you are my beloved. You are the one I like. You are the one I love. You are the one I have chosen. I prefer you. Everlasting love. Before everything began, he chose you. Don't let circumstance around change your mind. Before I started, he chose you. And he has a great plan for your life. Trust in his love for you. Listen, the one who loves you will not kill you. The one who loves you will, will, will guide you into safety. Yeah, and have you ever watched movie, any movie before? Have you watched Rambo First Blood? When they kill his girlfriend, he took a red, a red dress on the girl, saw it and tied it around his head. And when, when he was fighting the last killer and we were beating him, pa, 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 they gave him a punch and he remembered the girl and how the girl died. Ah! Ah! All of a sudden, some strength came. Hey! You are, the, you, are the, you are the one the Lord loves. You are the one the Lord prefers. When the Lord sees you going through something that he doesn't like, he just charges and says, Hey, Mr. Devil, you are in trouble. Leave my son, leave my daughter alone. Yeah, he loves you with an everlasting love. Yeah, he will never give up on you. God will never give up on you, never, never. If you trust in his love, you will never be afraid. No matter, no matter. Uh, David said, I have never seen a righteous forsaken, nor his children beg for bread. Never. Yeah, we are for him. So that, that's the breath of his love, everlasting that's the expanse, everlasting. Then he talks about the height. Go to chapter 3, verse 18. I'm showing the dimension of his love. Showing the dimension of his love. And what's the breadth and length? The length. The length. How far did he go? How far did he go to obtain you? And to express his love for you. It started with his incarnation. He came all the way from heaven. As the word of God. And came as a baby who was vulnerable. Chased by Herod. <laughs> all because of love. All because of love. Sometimes when boys are rapping girls will say. I will, I will bring a spoon of rice. Through the desert. Just for you. Hey! Take my heart and I'll run on solar panels. Take my heart and I'll run on batteries. Listen. Jesus, and you see the boys are just rapping you, but you're happy. About. Jesus did more to show his love for you. He came all 
though he came from far, that's a distance he covered. Yeah. When last sends you, you you cover distances. You walk without knowing that you are walking. One day, my wife, the one I'm married to now, was at Drobo. Do you know Drobo? Drobo is a town just before Cote d'Ivoire. Yeah, just before the Cote d'Ivoire border. Listen, I was in love. She was posted there to go and do some work there. I gathered myself. It was her birthday. I took cake, took a flower, got champagne. I got, I, I, you see, I didn't know the distance initially when I started the journey. I didn't know. I realized that we're just going and going and going and going. And, hey, we're not arriving. But the more we went, I just, re- I would take a picture, a, a picture of my phone, just look at the picture. I'm like, man, this is the reason I'm moving. Hey! There's a hope of glory. I'm going. Yeah. I sat in a taxi with about the taxi, not knowing, it's not one in front, three at the back. It's like five at the back, two are in front. To be able to get there. Yeah, I started were pressing me and all of that. I was still holding my cake like that. Man! I was in love. Listen, Jesus did worse for you. I had to travel some few kilometers. Jesus traveled from heaven. Heaven. Traveled all the way from far away. Became a baby and moved around in this world. Well, dropped his glory. Went, went to the low. The Bible says that he took upon himself the, the, the form of a servant. He left his glory as a, as, a, as a son of God, as God, and came down. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Who taught us not, who though being God, taught us not Robin to be called with God, but made himself of no reputation. Why? Because of you. He became he no reputation because of you. That is the length he went to. Akwana away now say, Oh, I don't know if he loves me. What are you talking about? What kind of a girl are you? What kind of a lady are you? What else should we do for you to know that we are in love with you? What else do you want the Lord to do to know for you to know that he's in love with you? And that he doesn't joke with you? Ah, you maybe you don't. That is why he wants you to understand. When you understand it, you change your life. If you know what he did because of you, he went, oh, let this man be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Next verse. Who? Next verse. But who being in the form of God, thought it not drop it to be equal with God. He left his Godhood and became a man. Next verse. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. God became man. Why? Because he loved you. That is the length. That is the length to which he went to. Yes, you are loved. Yes, we are known and believed in the love that God has taught us. You must know it and you must believe it. When you are going through some things, remember. Ah, Jesus did all of these things for me. Why? Why would he do? I'll show you a scripture to that. That's the length of his love. He came all the way. All the way. And when he came, the next level is the depth of his love. He loved you so much. He went to a cross he knew he was going to die on. Jesus made mention of cross before he went to the cross. He was talking about cross in Matthew chapter 10. Cross. Take up your cross and follow me. Whosoever uh, will follow me, let him take up his cross and follow me. Yeah. He was talking about cross. He knew exactly where he was going to die. How 
many of you will march towards a place where you know you are going to die? No, no. But because of love, love had eaten him up. Because of his love, for it had eaten him up. He didn't care about what was going. To, he knew he was going to be. He was going to be lashed. His back was going to be torn. His, his flesh was going to be torn apart. He knew that nails would be plunged into his, his hands. But he said, I'm in love. I, I love you. So I will do it. I will do it for you. And when they crucified him and he died, he went to the recesses of hell. That is the depths to which he went to in order to gain your love and gain you. Ah, dude has done all these things for you. Why do you, why do you think that? Why do you think that you are nothing? Why do you think that you, you don't know, you must know your value. This is what he did to get you. Very important. You are very important. You are very important. Yes. Yes. Very important. Naked. Crucified naked. Because of him. He came to his own. His own received him not. Yeah. Because of you. Brother, sister, you are loved. He went to the recesses of hell. Demons plunged onto him. Fought for three days, three nights in hell. Why? Because of you. It's like bride price. This is the bride price he's paying to get you. Did nothing wrong because of you. He died. Wow. You are loved. Then the height. He says he wants you to know the height of his love. Understand these things. Let it, let it go through your mind all the time. The height of his love. When he, that is his resurrection. He resurrected out of the dead. He came out of the dead for you. And when he came out of the dead for you, he ascended up into heaven and sat on the right hand of glory, interceding for you and being your advocate so that you will not have any guilty conscience. First John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write out to you that you sin not. But if any man should sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Christ Jesus, the righteous. Who is the propitiation? He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Yeah. That's the height. He ascended into the heavens. Ascended. Went high and high and high for you. To sit on the throne, on the right hand of glory. For you. Interceding for you. Advocating for you. Encouraging you. Standing on your behalf. Just so that you know how much he loves you. Sent as the Holy Ghost. Wow. Brother, you are loved. Tell anybody you are loved. I'm loved. Have you had enough? <laughs> Let me share some few things with you, some more things with you. Okay, that will help you. Hallelujah. Say, I'm loved. Look at Romans chapter 8, from verse 31. Oh, the depth of his love. Romans 8, from verse 31, all the way to 39. Look at this. He says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? He did not spare his own son. Because of love, he didn't spare it. How much more now that he has given him? Says he shall freely give us all things. Brother, don't be afraid. Ask in confidence. Listen, Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 26. Look at John 16, 26. John chapter 16, verse 26 and 27. He says, 
and at that day you shall ask in my name. And I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. You see, I, you will ask in my name. I, I'm not saying I will pray. I will, I will not talk to the Father on, uh, for you. I'm not the one to talk to the Father. If Jesus says I will not talk to the Father for you, why do you think that Mary is the one to talk to the Father for you? No, look at Jesus. It says that at that day you shall ask in my name. And I say not unto you, while Jesus was on earth, his mother was on earth. And it's no disciple went to the mother for the mother to pray to God on their behalf. They spoke to Jesus to talk to God on their behalf. They never went to Mary. Never. It never happened on earth. Why should it happen in heaven? So you can't pray through Mary. Mary cannot help you. She's thinking about herself in heaven, I tell you. She's thinking about herself. And she's wondering why you are praying. You say she should talk to the Father for you. For what purpose? Because he's the he's mother of God. Who told you she's the mother of God? <laughs> God cannot have a mother. Yeah. <laughs> and that day you shall ask him my name. You shall ask him. And I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. Next verse. Why? Why won't I pray the Father? Why won't I talk to the Father for you? For the Father himself loveth you. That's the, the Father himself loves. He likes it when, you are, when he hears your voice. Yes. Yeah. He loves it when he hears. Sons of Sons chapter 2, verse 14, I think. Look at Sons of Sons 2.14. Look at it. Sons of Sons 2.14. I hope I'm right. Oh, my dove. I'm right. He says, oh, he calls you his dove. He says, oh, my, you are my dove. What's the love? He says, oh, my dove. That, thou... At, that art in the cleft of the rock. It is my dove that is in the cleft of the What is the cleft of the rock? The rock is Christ, isn't it? The rock that followed them is Christ. And we are in Christ. We are in the cleft of Christ. We are inside the rock. So he's talking about you and I who are in Christ. Oh my dove, thou art in the rock, in the cleft of the rock. In the secret places of the stairs, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are seated in the secret places above with him, isn't it? Then he says, let this is, this is what he wants. He says, you are seated with me in the heavenly places. You are in Christ with me in the heavenly places. He says, let me see your countenance. God likes to see your face. He likes it when he sees your face. When you are talking to him, wow. he likes it. It's like when you are talking to him, something is doing him. <laughs> it's serious though. Yeah, something is doing him. He says, let me see your countenance. Let me hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. I want you to talk to me. I want you to pray to me. I want you to, I want to hear your voice, your sweet voice. Yeah. Why? For, thy, for sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is calmly. Yeah. This, this, is, this is God's love letter to you and I. Says your voice is sweet and calmly. Your countenance is calmly. Let me hear your voice. Wow. Yeah. God does not joke with you. You believe in the love of God, to put you over. So go back to Romans chapter 8. Let me show you some of the things that understanding the love of God will do for you. Okay? I want to show you about five things and I'll close. Okay? I'll show it to you in the next ten minutes and then we'll go. I see you are tired. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who? Next verse. Look at the next verse. you love this. Verse 32, please. Behold. Hey. It's not, it's not this one. We're in Romans. Uh, Romans. Are you going home? 
Like, ah, speaking is bad and it's going. So I'm wondering, are you going home? You are going home. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If we were in excess setting, I'd have locked you up so that you don't go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, what about it says can wait, isn't it? Yeah. You have waited in places for longer hours than this one. You've waited for your internet to start working for many hours. <laughs> you must put God on priority in your life. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know the meeting that will kill you. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know. Yeah. How staying in that meeting a little bit longer yeah. would have saved you. Yeah. Happened to so many people. Yeah. 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 You remember that car, um, atomic junction gas explosion about four years ago? Or so. yeah. I was supposed to have closed around five or so. We dragged, I was preaching, preaching, was going. We're there for an additional one hour, one and a half hours. Just when we closed and we were just about to step out, we, we were all standing on the corridor, just relating. We had just come out of the auditorium. We still waiting. The explosion came. And a lot of people died. And every one of us would have been at that junction. Every one of us. That was our central point. All of us would have died. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you don't know. Hmm? So don't worry. It's, we are, we are, I'm a little bit preaching a little bit late, but it's fine. Okay? Yeah. I didn't say to scare you. I'm just telling you the truth. Yes. It's the truth. We stand for the truth. We cannot do anything against the truth. That's what Paul said. Yeah. Uh, uh, if Saul had known that Samuel's delay was going to bring him establishment in his kingdom forever, he would have waited. He wouldn't have gone ahead to do what he did. He didn't know. He thought he was one of the. Let me just do it. He just did it. That was it. Yeah. That was the day the kingdom departed from him. Same day. So when the meeting is dragging, don't worry. We are not prophets, but we are sent of God. So, yeah. Hallelujah. Let me preach to you. He that fell next verse, verse 33. Who is that? Oh, Sally. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Yes, who is the one who can lay a charge to you? It is the, it is the Lord who made, he, he, the, he's the one who made you righteous. Who can condemn? Nobody can condemn you. He's the one who made you righteous. Who can make you, who can condemn you? I'm the one who condemns, but now I say this one is accepted. What is your problem? That's what he's saying. Next verse. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, ye rather, that is written again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Next verse. So powerful. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of the love of the love that Christ has had in our case? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress? In other words, what puts you over in distress, in persecution, in tribulation is the love of Christ. So in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, I read it to you. It says, For we have known and believed in the love that God has for us. Okay? He that God is love, and he that dwelleth, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Verse 17. Look at verse 17. Let me cut my message short. Herein is our love. Herein is our love made perfect. Now, he's not talking, talking about, he's talking about in this. Okay, the love 
our, in, in this particular revelation of knowing and believing in the love of God, our own love is made perfect. It's brought to a conclusion. We are able to return God's love for him. Remember, we love God because he first loved us. And then said, so in this is our love made perfect. For what purpose? So that, so that we may have boldness. The word boldness is paresia, confidence. Confidence in speech. Confidence in behavior. Confidence in everything else. So that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, the word judgment there is not referring to judgment, uh, the white throne judgment. It's not referring to the, the judgment uh, uh, of all of humanity, all sinners. It's called the white throne judgment. That's not what he's talking about. The word judgment is not crino or crino, but it is crisis, K-R-I-S-I-S. And it is what is anglicized to the word crisis that we know, C-R-I-S-E-S. The normal, the crisis we know. What he's saying is that your consciousness of the love, how much God has loved you, is what will put you over and give you boldness in the time of the crisis of life. So your victory in life is dependent on the consciousness of the love that the Lord has loved you with. No money. There's no money. If there's no money, it's a crisis that has come. What will help you put you over that crisis? Your consciousness of the fact that the, the Lord, God, 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 He did all these things for me. Is it money that He cannot supply? Is it this money you cannot supply? Oh, it's not a problem. It will come. You will get confidence in crisis. All the crisis of life, you will not be afraid. You will not be moved. You will know that the Lord cares for you watchfully. Eh? He cares for you. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Look at First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Let's read the Amplified. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries. Why are people worried? Why are people anxious? Because they don't think that God is good enough to supply their needs. So they start worrying about unnecessary things. How is tomorrow going to be like? How are we going to be able to build a house? How are we going to be doing this? Then they are just worrying, anxious. Anxiety can kill people. They are anxious. They are too anxious. Jesus said, all that after these things will be gentle feet. Your father knoweth that you have need of such things. Your father in heaven knows that you have need. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. He says, don't take thought for your life. Don't take, see, listen, don't be of little faith. Know that your father ha- knows that you have need of all this. If you know that he has loved you, if you know the expanse of his love for you, you'll be okay. You'll be, you'll be calm in the midst of crisis, in the midst of issues. Yeah. In the midst of challenges. You will not be moved. You will not be. You will not be. You 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 will not be afraid. You will be confident. If he did all, if he died for me, what is this issue? If he did all the things that he did for me, what is this issue? What is this problem? What? There's no child, and so what? There's no child. The child has not come. You might for three years or five years, and the child has not come, and so ah, the Lord loved me. What is a child? He, he loved me so much, he did all these things to me. He will give me a child. It's not a problem. So you, you wait patiently. You don't wait in anxiety, trembling, when the issues of, or the vicissitudes of life attack you. Yeah. You'll be confident. In the time of crisis, you have confidence. You have boldness. Yeah. You have boldness. You don't say, oh, I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know. No. If he gave me Christ, 
if he gave me his son, how shall he not with him freely give me all things? You will not be afraid. You'll be settled. You'll be settled. In the times of crisis, you'll be strong. Yeah. He says, in this is our love made perfect. Yeah. That we may have boldness in the day of crisis. Listen, crisis comes every time in people's lives, in Christians' lives. If you're a Christian, don't think that you will not go through the challenge. You will go through things. Hmm? You go through things. The winds blow and the floods come and they beat upon all of our houses. That is how life is. But the one who come out strong is the one who believes in the love of God. You see, the Bible talks about faith that worked by love. In Galatians 5, 6. Look at Galatians 5, 6. Your faith will only work when you believe in the love that God has for you. Believing in his love lets you know that whatever it is that you are asking him for will be sorted out. So you are not afraid. So it helps your faith to work. Your faith can only work by love. Your love, the, the, your consciousness of his love for you. Keep yourself in this particular place. Though. If you don't keep yourself in the love of God, you will lose your inheritance. Yeah. Issues will let you lose your inheritance. Instead of thanking God when you are going through problems, you'll be cursing God when you are going through problems. You'll be complaining. God, you are believing in you all these years. What's the meaning of all this? Is this what I believe in you for? Is this what I, is this what I signed up for? You are losing your inheritance. Even those, those who are not serving you are prospering. Look at, look, at, look at what is happening to me. Look at You lose your inheritance. Yeah. The condemnation and the guilt of this life and what happens in this issue, in this life, will break you down and prevent you from going forward. Something you did or did not do will break you. And you will not be able to move forward. But when you know that he loves you, he, he, he has intense love for you, no guilt can overflag the consciousness of his love for you. Yeah, you know I did something wrong, but hey, the Lord loves me. Let's move on with our life. Yeah, we move. Let's do what He wants us to do. Paul was a killer. Paul killed Christians. At Saul, when he was called Saul, he killed Christians. But because he understood the love of God for him, when he came in, he said, "I was before a sinner, but now I am the one He's chosen, chosen to do what He wants to do." Yeah, he did not allow his past. He says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. Yeah. I press on towards the prize for the high calling. Wow. Look at this. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Your faith can only work by love. Your consciousness of his love for you and how much he cares for you. Remember, he says he cares for you what should we go back to that place? First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Don't worry, Lipo. If you worry, if you're anxious, the devil will get you. The way the devil gets you is through your anxiety. Let me show it to you. We are here. Go, let's read the King James from 5 into 8, 7 into 8. Let's look at this. It says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Next verse. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You see, he says, no lion looking for a prey roars. A lion that is looking for a prey will not roar. Is it true? That shows you that this guy is a fake lion. A lion looking for a prey will crawl quietly. Quietly. Stealthily. Stealth mode. And pounce on the prey. Yes. It will ambush the prey. It will not roar. But the devil is roaring because your, he wants to put fear into you. How, is, how does he put the fear? What, 
and listen, he says he's sniffing, he's looking for whom be, be so by Babylon, because you are the the devil as a royal lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Who is he seeking? Who are those he's seeking? He's seeking for those who are worried and anxious. Those are the people who he seeks. He seeks those who are worried and anxious. That's why he says, be careful for nothing. That's why the verse before says that, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Go back. Verse 7. Casting all your care for, upon him, for he cares for you. Be careful for nothing. Let's read the Amplified of this verse. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him, on who is, who is him, Jesus, God, on him, for he cares for you affectionately. He loves you affectionately. Know that he loves you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Know it and settle in it. The devil cannot have you. That's what he's saying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, I came all the way to come and tell you to understand the love that the Father has for you. That is what will put you over. That's what will put you over. Last verse. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. In the Amplified. Listen to this. It says, let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. This is God's love letter to you. He says, I've said this so that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid of what man shall do unto me. Yeah. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Listen, this is where faith comes from. Faith comes from knowing that he cares for you. Knowing that he loves you. Knowing that he's there for you. Therefore, whatever it is you are requesting for, the Father himself loveth you. And therefore, you have product, you, you have your results. No matter how long it takes. And guess what? The Holy Spirit has a ministry of shedding abroad the love of God in our hearts. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. It says, and patience worketh. Look at this. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The Holy Spirit has a specialty of spreading the love of God, the love of God in our hearts, shedding it abroad in our hearts. What puts you? Why, why are people? Why are people into worldliness? There are lots of Christians who are into worldliness. Why are they into worldliness? They are into worldliness because they don't understand the love, the love of God. First John chapter two, verse sixteen. First John two sixteen. For all, look, let's read from verse fifteen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The love of the Father, he doesn't know the love of the Father. The consciousness of the love of the Father is not in him. Therefore, he loves the world. Because you don't know that God wants you to have that thing more, even more than you want to. You leave him and you use your own method to try and get it. So you love the world instead of loving the Father. The fa- instead of recognizing the love of the Father. The love of, let the love of, father, of the Father reign in your heart. Okay? It will cure you of the last problem. 
the last problem is because of that. Why, why are men cheating? Men cheat because they don't think that God loves them to the point of making, helping them be satisfied in their wife or receive satisfaction in their wife. You see that you need to do your own thing to be able to get satisfaction. If I can get it from here, get it from here, get it from there. You don't know that God loves you so much, He will give you, He loves you so much, He will give you satisfaction through your wife. Why are men adding more zeros to the, to the, to the, to the thing, to the text, and taking, and stealing, and doing all of Because it feels that God does not care enough to help them acquire the thing they need to acquire. If you know that He cares for you, and He loves you, and He cherishes you, you will not be afraid of your earthly lot. You will know that at the end of the day, you will win. It is not over until you are won, because God is on your side. So you will not be afraid. You will not be afraid. Yeah. You see, you see, and we are more, his name, all these things, we are more, we more than conquer. We are more than conquer. How? Through him that loves us. So it is his love for us that makes us conquer in every aspect of our life. So, brothers and sisters, this is what I came to tell you. And when I was coming, the Holy Spirit told me that He's going to give you an opportunity to be filled with His love for you. So, all to rise up on your feet because the Holy Spirit is in charge of the love of God. He's the administrator of the love of God. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. By who? By the Holy Ghost. So, lift up your hands right now. Tell the Holy Spirit, dear Holy Spirit, cause the love of God up to, the love of God to be shed abroad in my heart afresh. Dear Holy Spirit, Cause the love of God to be shed abroad in my heart afresh. Holy Spirit, cause the love of God to be shed abroad in my heart afresh. In the next two minutes, in the next two minutes, tell him, shed the love of God abroad in my heart. Let me understand it some more. Because I've gotten to know that I must know and believe in the love that God has in my case. Talk to the Lord right now. Talk to the Lord right now. Kola Adeni. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.